Job ready? Employer says yes. This programme is presented by Eduvate, education and innovation. I'm Jonathan Brill, and in today's programme we explore exciting developments in artificial intelligence and automation in the airline industry sector. We learn whether globally the number of job applicants will be met with the requisite number of jobs over the next 10 years, and why teaching young people just to pass exams provides a hollow education experience. This week we're looking at artificial intelligence as it relates to the airline industry. In the US, commercial airline systems is an economic engine generating an estimated $168.2 billion in operating revenue in 2016. And three quarters of this comes from tickets. Airline passenger traffic is projected to double over the next two decades. For you and me, more business flights, more holiday flights. So the problems we've been seeing in the UK over the past month with Monarch Airlines going out of business and Ryanair cancelling a lot of flights, that should be seen as a temporary slowdown against a trend of major growth. Today, leading airlines are exploring how AI can help them keep pace with this customer demand and improve operational efficiency, speed and customer satisfaction. So, how are industry leaders using AI today in the airline industry? What have been the tangible results of any airline AI applications so far? What are the trends across AI applications and how will this impact upon the industry's future? Well, following from previous podcasts, you can probably guess which are the areas involving most investment. AI assistance, responding to customer inquiries, responding to voice commands for domestic airline flight information and ticket availability through interactions using normal language. And then there's smart logistics, machine learning algorithms being applied to data to help automate airline operations. And, of course, as of last week, facial recognition. Facial recognition technology is being used to perform customer identity verification and, interestingly, to match passengers to their luggage through kiosks. There's an old story where one customer went up to the check-in desk and said, could you send this case to Mumbai, this case to Honolulu, and both my wife's suitcases to Hong Kong. And the airline said, oh, we can't do that, sir. And the guy said, well, you did last week. That is going to be changed. AI is being explored, too, in the commercial airline segment of the aviation industry and is being integrated across multiple areas, including customer service, airport and flight operations. And importantly, we need to distinguish between airlines and airports, very different businesses. Airport development will be a particular 
area of importance, according to an annual report published by the International Air Transport Association. The association anticipates that the cost of airport development, specifically improving, modernising existing infrastructure and operations, will exceed a trillion dollars over the next 15 years. Therefore, innovation will be a critical building block of these efforts, specifically AI and self-service airport kiosks and apps should mesh well into the industry outlook. Airport satisfaction levels are very low in many airports. And now to the job bit, and it's more good news, job growth. As a bustling multi-billion dollar industry, it's anticipated that over the next 20 years, we will see widespread and lasting growth in the commercial aviation job market. Global economic expansion has contributed to airlines expanding the fleets and flight schedules to satisfy consumer demand. In 2016, the aviation industry sustained an estimated 67.7 million supply chain jobs and produced $3 trillion in global value-added output. So unsurprisingly, as the leading commercial passenger airlines are relatively early adopters of AI, industry projections depict a business environment primed for innovation and automation. And now, here's some not-so-good news. Only 5% of young workers in Britain are in jobs that are safe from robot replacement. As our friends at Quartz remind us, as if listeners to this podcast need reminding, the world is going through another technological revolution where greater use of robots, artificial intelligence and automation can make businesses more efficient, potentially at the cost of millions of human jobs. Now, looking at Britain in particular, there's a huge problem that young people face. PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, just released a big report looking into the evolution of the workplace for young people 15 to 24 years old in the face of automation across 35 OECD countries. That's the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. They're very rich countries. Within that report, the PwC Young Workers Index is a weighted average of eight elements, which includes young people not in education, employment or training, that's neat, youth employment rates, education participation rates. And while the UK reached its best ever position in this index, it still lags behind many other OECD countries. PwC says that over the next 15 years, up to 28% of young workers' jobs in the UK could be at risk of automation compared to larger percentages in the US and in Germany. Naturally, those who work in industries with a high requirement for science, technology, engineering and math, STEM, will be more protected from being replaced. Those sectors could be long-term beneficiaries of the new digital technologies such as AI and robotics which is precisely the impression you'll have gathered when listening to our previous podcasts. In most countries, the report found that only 5% of people 16 to 24 are employed in STEM industries right now. In Britain, it's a bit higher. However, nearly a quarter of the age group in the UK are employed in the wholesale and retail sectors, where the potential risk of automation could be as high as 44%. 
and young Britons remain far down the list of OECD countries showing the percentage of new students choosing a STEM field of study. And there is a key group that is more vulnerable to automation, taking away the jobs, less educated men. 50% of male young workers with GCSE equivalent or lower education are at risk of automation compared to just 10% of men with university degrees, said the report. Women are on average estimated to be less susceptible to automation, with around 30% at risk for those with GCSE equivalent or lower education, and 9% for those with university degrees. This reflects, interesting, higher female employment in sectors like health and social care that are relatively harder to automate. John Hawksworth, the chief economist at PwC UK, has said it's encouraging that the UK has improved young people's job prospects significantly in recent years. But, and it's a big but, the levels of young people not in education, employment or training are still too high relative to top international performers like Germany with better vocational education systems. John Hawksworth went on, regional disparities also remain a concern, particularly as poorer regions currently benefit from considerable EU funding. As is often the case, this report ends on a reminder of impending Brexit. Schools in England are focusing on tests and exams rather than giving pupils a good grounding in a wide range of subjects. Who's saying that? The head of Ofsted. Teaching, she says, teaching to the test standards gives hollow understanding. Amanda Spielman, who's a bit of a good egg, says the focus on the GCSEs and national curriculum tests, often known as SATs, is at the expense of rich and full knowledge. She accepts a good school curriculum should lead to good exam results, but, she says, good exam results do not always mean children have received the subject knowledge they need. Her comments came as she set out the preliminary findings of an Ofsted research project into the curriculum in England's state schools. And in the news today, an MP is bidding to outlaw the soul-destroying practice that has revealed a scandal, a scandal of unpaid trial shifts for young people who are working free for as many as 40 hours. Apparently job seekers desperate for work are being asked by many employers to do unpaid shifts without any guarantee of employment at the end of it. In some cases, unpaid shifts with various employers added to up to 40 hours, the length of a full working week. So a private member's bill has been introduced in Westminster, which, if it completes its journey through Parliament, would guarantee such shifts are paid properly and fairly. We at Eduvate agree that these exploitative practices should be outlawed. Also in the news is an interesting article in the Financial Times. The World Bank chief executive says the plight of young women can only be addressed properly if more women become policymakers. The core argument centres on major issues of population. 
Thirty years ago, Kristalina Georgieva's home country of Bulgaria ranked equal with Kenya in the global population tables, each at about 8 million. By 2012, when Kristalina was visiting Niger, Kenya's population had soared to 44 million, while Bulgaria's had fallen to a little over 7 million. The argument follows that, sure, Niger has space, Kenya has space, but it's often sand, not land. And for economic prosperity, if such countries don't start to empower its women and deploy more effective family planning policies, educating adolescent girls, avoiding the national economic burdens that come from early marriage and childbirth in the developing world, very problematic. Kristalina adds, on the jobs front worldwide, the numbers are staggering. She says, there will be one billion young people looking for jobs over the next decade And I don't see one billion jobs waiting for them. Read the full article in the Financial Times. You'll find us online at eduvate.biz. Job ready. Employer says yes.